You ever watch this guy on television? You all were not telling the truth, and you should not be trusted. Congressman Matt Gates, thank you for what you yeah. did for your country tonight. Be offended with the Democratic whip, not House Republicans. Like a machine, Matt Gates. Welcome to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Let's talk about the news. The news in America today is that we are facing an unprecedented economic challenge that requires the full breadth of American energy to defeat. We have seen the largest contraction of American GDP over the course of a quarter since we've been counting. And this was at a time when we had built so much momentum in the Trump economy. President Trump promised he'd be a great cheerleader for our businesses, and he was. He said that we would have tax cuts that would bring resources back from overseas, and it happened. It resulted in better trade deals, rising wages, a better regulatory climate. We started producing things in America that created jobs and careers and a real sustainable sense of progress. That was a progress that was shared not just by people at the you know wealthiest part of the income bracket. It was prosperity that was described by many as a blue-collar boom. And then what we got was the Chinese coronavirus. It made jobs illegal. We've seen lockdowns in some states and localities uh, completely obliterate small businesses. I, I get emails still in my community of small businesses that aren't going to reopen, some that have been open for decades, serving the community, creating jobs, creating economic flow, and, and really uh, a sense of purpose in small-town America. And so the upcoming question for us as policymakers is how to return to that opportunity. And there are two competing visions uh, for what to do next. And we saw them on full display during uh, the, the Sunday shows. Nancy Pelosi was on ABC with Martha Raddatz. She seemed to embrace the endless lockdown approach of Gavin Newsom in California. Take a listen to the speaker. One, one of the things you, you talk about is getting rid of COVID. Your home state, California, mm -hmm. is the first state to surpass half a million positive That's cases, right. a record high number. What did your fellow Democrat, Governor Gavin Newsom, do wrong, and what should he do in well, the I don't future? think he did anything wrong. We are the largest state in the union, so numerically uh, it isn't uh, uh, shocking to say we have the most cases. Uh, but we're very proud of our governor, Governor Newsom. He contained the, the, and controlled how this spread in the beginning. Some people in the state wanted to open up. And we're a large state. We have great diversity of opinion on what should happen in different regions. And when, that, uh, when the, the opening up took place, we have more cases. And that should be uh, uh, instructive to others. The, uh, uh, the virus is vicious. And you have to have uh, shelter in place as long as you need it. And when you do and you reduce the spread, then you can open up the schools when you reduce the rate of infection in a community. But until you do that, you have to be very careful. And so you've got the endless lockdown vision, the mandate vision. You know, I think Gavin Newsom right now is even in disputes with some of his localities where if they don't issue mandatory mask orders or lockdowns, uh, that he will withhold funding. So not the most cooperative environment being curated in California. And then compare that to the vision that we hear from President Trump, the need to innovate, the need to open. Well, we got uh, some updates from 
Secretary Steve Mnuchin also on ABC regarding Operation Warp Speed. We absolutely agree on the need to kill the virus. And let me just say, the president acted very aggressively when this virus first came from China to shut down all travel. And since then, we have aggressively funded over seven different vaccines into production. We're very optimistic that we will have results out of these vaccines and we'll have a vaccine available by the end of the year. So we, we absolutely uh, agree on the need to kill this. America needs to reopen. We need to do so with the maximum sanitation, with insurance that people who are older or have medical frailties are cared for and have every accommodation so that they're not forced to go out and encounter the virus. We have to have schools open so that parents have the option for in-person learning if that's what's best for them and their family. And absolutely, we need to bridge the digital divide. You know, we heard from uh, Whip Clyburn on the Sunday shows and in one of his final responses, he said something I completely agree with on CBS about the need to bridge the digital divide. I've been such a long time proponent of having universal access of broadband. Everything that's great about this country and the internet is one of those great things. It ought to be accessible, ought to be affordable by everybody. That's why rural communities where you got 34, 35 percent internet adoption, that's right. not good. Okay. You all spend the money all that's right. necessary to build out 100 percent of okay. broadband. This should be a bipartisan objective. Let's ensure that all Americans have the opportunity to engage the world, not only with their physical presence, but digitally as well. There continue to be reverberations from the hearing we had with the major tech CEOs. And one thing I'm glad for is the increased scrutiny that we're starting to see with the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, inaptly named, I would suggest, that likely had fair beginnings, but now has really devolved uh, into a hate group itself, as it falsely claims that people like Dr. Ben Carson are extremists. We've talked about it on the show, uh, but we see a report from the Christian Post, and I wanted to draw attention to it by Ryan Foley. And in the Christian Post, they really highlight a number of different organizations that hold basic traditional Christian doctrine that the SPLC has, has labeled as hate groups, groups like the Catholic News uh, and a number of other communities of faith. So check out the report in the Christian Post, and I think it will help us understand that, gosh, you know, some of these tech platforms really should not be outsourcing the designation of hate groups uh, to those who would consider people of faith, Christians, uh, as haters. Uh, most people of faith who I know who worship in Christian churches merely want to extend love and grace and support to their fellow human beings. And I think a little recognition of that, uh, certainly uh, by banning some of these uh, groups like the SPLC from being able to disappear people uh, online would be a productive move forward for us as a society and certainly one that's engaged digitally to the extent that we are. Are Democrats going to be able to stand a movie that doesn't portray me as a villain? That's the question that is posed by a recent Haaretz review of the upcoming HBO documentary, The Swamp. And I only bring it up to the extent that, that it sort of shows how many people have preconceived notions when they go into the judgment of another person in politics as sort of a unique dynamic of, of our industry. So the, the lead uh, in Haaretz from Adrian Hennigan 
goes, can Democrats stomach this HBO documentary about one of Trump's biggest cheerleaders? Political docs are generally as partisan as politics nowadays, but the swamp is a little different, though Rep. Matt Gates may still make some viewers want to smash their TV sets. I guess given the leanings of this particular author, I guess I'm glad I haven't lost it. Uh, but the, uh, the piece says the main protagonist is Rep. Matt Gates, a Florida Republican, and if you're aware of him, you may have already made up your mind about the swamp. I must confess that my interest in the film was not exactly sky high when I saw his smug face was going to be front and center. Oh, well, it's just such a shame that I didn't ignite the particular passions and interests of this one reader. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, I think that people ought to watch the documentary. It's the life I lived. Uh, it is 2019 with these film producers hooking a camera on me, following me around with the TV camera. They did the same with Congressman Thomas Massey and Ken Buck. We are not three members of Congress in the establishment. We're sort of outsiders. And then you get the perspective of my friend Ro Khanna, a Democrat from California, a progressive, a Bernie Sanders national co-chairman, someone who doesn't vote the way I do in Congress, but who I think shares a passion to reform the place. John Sarbanes is someone who I know Congressman Buck has worked very closely with uh, on caucuses intended to reform the institution and make it better and make it more honest for everyone. There are Republicans and Democrats in Congress who believe that if we work together to create a more fair form of debate and engagement that doesn't just hand the institution off to special interests, that our arguments will prevail. We're confident enough in the arguments that we are making that we don't need some powerful special interest able to dominate the votes and decisions of others to get stuff done. But in a world where the members of Congress are just vessels through which the special interests are operating, you really can't get much of anything done of consequence. And so while some in the movie may find you know, it odd that I'm friends with Ro Khanna, I have worked with Democrats like Barbara Lee to try to ensure that our constitution is followed with war powers, uh, you know, those are those are elements of the job as well. It's not just uh, the things I agree with Republicans on that animate my service. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, when the film is released. But at least this review questions whether or not Democrats will be able to stomach any documentary where I am a protagonist. I hope they can. I hope they can, like, keep their food down long enough to get to the end and uh, and see if it's for them. SpaceX saw a return of American astronauts in what was a great day for the country, a great day for SpaceX, a great day for Elon Musk as well. He took to Twitter saying, when space travel becomes as common as air travel, the future of civilization will be assured. And it was also great to see Colonel Doug Hurley uh, offer the touching words, to anybody who has touched Endeavor, you should take a moment to just cherish this day. And just, uh, you know, wonderful reporting, a wonderful result. And it was great for my community in Pensacola to play some small part uh, as the touchdown occurred just off our shores in the Gulf of Mexico. And I think Elon Musk has the right sentiment that when humans become a multi-planetary species, we are assured, I think, greater resilience as a civilization. So uh, great job to the astronauts involved to the great scientists and engineers at SpaceX. We hope they enjoy the day. We're sure proud of them.
I joined Waters World with Jesse Waters this weekend. Here was our discussion. I can't believe you're not on this uh, committee because you're on every single committee, but Fauci was getting grilled by a bunch of your uh, colleagues uh, the other day. And uh, here's Jim Jordan kind of giving it to Fauci. Did the government limit the protesting? I, I, I don't think that's relevant to... Well, you just said if it increases the spread of the virus, I'm just asking, should we limit it? Well, I'm, I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. No limit to protests, but, boy, you can't go to church on Sunday. What was the, uh, I don't know how many times I can answer that. I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm just going to tell you. You've opined a on a lot of things, Dr. Fauci. Yeah, but I've never this said This is something that directly anything. impacts the spread of the virus, yeah. and I'm asking your, your, your position on the protests. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. All right, Congressman, he's a very smart guy, Dr. Fauci, but it seems like he's wearing thin with some of your colleagues. Is that true? Yeah, after watching that, I wondered whether or not churchgoers should just adopt the language of the protesters. <laughs> Maybe we can have potluck protests or <laughs> Sunday school sit-ins. Maybe instead of giving our donations through tithes, we can just uh, count that as bail money to release our eternal souls. Uh, Jim Jordan pointed out that we don't get to choose the parts of the First Amendment that the government is going to allow and not allow. Right. And though this is an uncommon virus, it should not deprive public health officials of basic common sense. And the one thing to absolutely take away from that exchange is that Jim Jordan really had a, a dominant performance when it came to displaying some of the hypocrisy that, that we see from some public health officials. Jim Jordan being Jim Jordan, uh, sure proud of him. Sure glad I get the chance to learn from him. Andy Lassner is the executive producer of The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and he's a real piece of trash. According to a number of news reports and accusations by even Brad Garrett, remember him? He was kind of the goofy brother on Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, I care about this issue because as a congressman, I've worked on workplace accountability and ensuring that we have the right laws in our country so that people don't get abused at work. Matter of fact, I'm the only Republican co-sponsor of the FAIR Act, an act that wouldn't allow people in business to select their juries in advance through mandatory arbitration when dealing with employment uh, discrimination and abuse. And on the Ellen DeGeneres Show, according to uh, The Independent, Ed Galvin, Mary Connolly and Andy Lassner, the executive producer of The Ellen Show, are accused of a toxic work environment, bullying, mistreatment of employees, not letting people take their adequate leave. And Ellen has come out with a statement saying that she always wanted uh, her show to be a place of happiness and respect and that it has, in fact, fallen short of that. Uh, there are allegations against some folks for sexual misconduct and sexual advances. But it's not hard for me to believe that Andy Lassner is a real piece of garbage because time and again he's engaged in um, online bullying, attacks on me, attacks on conservatives that he doesn't agree with. And, and just just keep in mind that, you know, this may be the circumstance where, you know, the woke topians on Twitter who claim that, oh, they're for everyone and want everyone to be treated well, well, in their own jobs where they have power over people, uh, they don't always use it well. And it is the hypocrisy of Hollywood on display. It is the hypocrisy of the left on display. Uh, I don't know if The Ellen Show is going to be able to 
be back on air with these allegations. Uh, the reporting suggests that they've hired a third party entity to come in and review and determine whether or not people are going to be fired, whether or not the show, I don't know, is going to persist. Uh, but Andy Lassner, for sure, is someone who I don't think deserves a lot of grace because he has been so willing to extend it to everyone else. I hope this ends up with everybody getting precisely what they deserve. TikTok will be out of Chinese control or out of the United States of America. Regular listeners of our podcast have heard me calling for a ban on Chinese-owned TikTok in the United States of America for some time now, and the president has agreed with that call. Secretary Mnuchin uh, is engaged in that review, and it appears the president has seen enough, and he is ready to force TikTok out of the hands of the Chinese while it is collecting surveillance on Americans. But we shouldn't stop there. You know, we should stop the Chinese from buying U.S. genomics companies to map our gene sequences and determine American cellular vulnerability. We should stop DJI drones from spying on us from the skies. I've covered that on the podcast. And we should really clamp down on the extent to which the Chinese are able to, you know, pollute in their country, pollute our world, poison our oceans, uh, make our air toxic, and then sell cheap goods in the United States. The president's right to put tariffs on China. The president is right to get tough on these t Chinese companies that are, in fact, dual use to feed the strategic objectives of the Chinese military and intelligence collection operation. In fact, it was former Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan who said that you can't even really see the line anymore in China between their commercial activity and their strategic military activity. Good job, Mr. President. Way to stay tough on China. Let's keep going. Ban the drones, ban the genomics companies uh, from being sold to China. Thanks for listening to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Remember, tomorrow, HBO premiering the documentary The Swamp, featuring myself alongside Congressman Thomas Massey, Congressman Ken Buck, Congressman Ro Khanna, John Sarbanes, former Congresswoman Katie Hill. You won't want to miss it. It's going to be, uh, I think, a very revealing look at the swamp of Washington, D.C. And if you want to keep getting that revealing look each and every day, just make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Stay informed. I'll be back tomorrow with more hot takes.